You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome everyone to RB1 Colon of Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake News Podcast channel. I am the consummate professional, first ranking officer of the Terry McLaurin Stand Club and Grand Marshal of the Alvin Kamara Apology Parade, BFS with the Oracle as well. Your humble host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by some of the guys, maybe at some point all of the guys, but right now we've got the Duck Father, foreteller of Devontae Parker's breakout, DK Metcalf's number one admirer, and caster of the double reverse, Hutzpa, resident old man Clark Barnes. And Scotty Miller fanboy, Mule Skinner of the Zachard's Decline Wagon, King Lizard of the Alan Lazard Hype Terrarium, the Coach Whisperer, the Wine Sipperer, the Will Dislier, Working Girl Jordan Smith. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Pete. Doing well. Might have to uh, adjust that intro from Will Disley to something involving Big Bob Tanyan. It's like I went out and got a new wife. I know. You, you've, you've, well, in a way, you've upgraded. Will Disley has not has not done for you what Bob Tanyan has done this this uh, season so far. Well, Greg Olson would just get back in the booth and get out of the way. Just let Will, let Will Disley cook. <laughs> I feel like there's like a a, a, a very inappropriate uh, women in the kitchen joke that is there with Greg Olson being in the in the uh, booth. I don't know something. Get was there back in the booth and make me an analysis or something. I don't know cut this you did it you did it better than i did uh all right well we've got all of our we're gonna go through all the games as we do week five starts and sits uh, but before we do i'm going to set a timer so that this does not become uh the <laughs> the talk of the show we're setting it for a nice a nice you know uh, three minutes three minutes sounds good two to three yeah four minutes three minutes three minutes setting it for three minutes i just covid has made its first real pass in the NFL. And I personally wanted to voice my frustration with the NFL right now. Delaying the Titans Steelers game was the right move. Uh, and they might have to do the same thing this week with Titans bills as the Titans still can't get their shit together uh, and kind of quarantine. But when Cam Newton tested positive for COVID and the NFL decides that delaying the Patriots chiefs game 24 hours is good enough that's the beautiful cocktail of incompetence and willful neglect that we've come to expect from the league. The Patriots traveled in separate planes to Kansas City with players who were clo- in close contact, isolated from the rest of the team, players like Stefan Gilmore, who tested positive today. And yet, despite the fact that they had two planes traveling to Kansas City, one with players who had been in close contact with Cam and ones who hadn't, all of those players still played Monday night. It's just clear that the NFL made no attempt to think ahead about how to handle a potential outbreak, despite the fact that they had all offseason to do this uh, and time to watch both the NBA and baseball come up with something. So it's just, I just want to say my frustrations and, and get it out into the world. But that is, that is what I have to say on the matter as we uh, enter week five. 
That seems reasonable, Pete. I think uh, to peel the onion curtain back, we had a bit of a chat before we got started on this. And my thoughts were, hey, man, if we're going to talk about it, we're going to talk about the whole thing. I started thinking about what we've been going through for the past seven, eight months as a country and and all of this stuff. And oh, man, it got me hot and bothered. I started doing my research. I've got like two pages worth of notes here. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, I feel like what you said was totally reasonable. And uh, yeah related to football. So I, I think that's a reasonable expectation that they would have taken some different action here as much as it might have hurt uh, viewership or been an inconvenience. We would have watched the game on Wednesday night later. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think ultimately what this comes down to is like this was the NFL's choice is just to kind of be reactionary rather than, um, you know, getting ahead of it earlier in the season because I don't really think it's that reasonable for them to be able to do what the NBA did uh, and that's kind of keep a self-contained bubble uh, fewer people to just keep track of uh, less space needed etc so I think somebody at some point had to have said early in the offseason like you know what this is going to be a problem at some point just you know statistically uh, somebody's going to get it at some point here and they just don't really have a contingency plan for moving the games, which is what they should have focused on a little bit more. I like the idea of them being able to postpone games and kind of like swap out bye weeks. But if this is something that can be pervasive and take like several weeks to kind of get, you know, the all clear from people, especially people keep on, you know, getting tests or getting positive results back, then it's not something they can do. Uh, like teams don't have multiple bye weeks. They only have the one. So I don't know if, if this keeps on uh, happening where we keep on losing games and like the Titans game might just flat out be canceled um, or no, not canceled. The Titans might have to forfeit one of these games at some point. I, I think, at some point, if you're Titans ownership or whoever was on board with it last week saying like, maybe we should just press pause for two weeks and get everybody cleared up and then give it another go. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what, what more they could have done. They just are, are flying by the seat of their pants, basically. All right. Well, our timer went off. So that is it. No more conversation about it uh, until we get to Buffalo, Tennessee, which is two games <laughs> into our schedule. But we'll talk about how to uh, how to maybe best set your lineup for that. But let's start off. Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading to Chicago to play the Bears on Thursday night football. Jordan, this is going to be very intriguing. I'm very interested in what your guys' vibes are for this game because the Bears' pass defense has actually been really good. They haven't allowed a passing touchdown to a wide receiver this season. And the whole Buccaneers' receiving crew is banged up all kinds of sorts. Yeah, the Buccaneers' receiving crew is uh, pretty banged up. Um, I think we saw today that uh, Chris – or was it yesterday? It doesn't matter. Chris Godwin's not going to play. Let me see here. Justin Watson, uh, LaShawn McCoy all out. OJ Howard, I think, is done for the season. Um, Not that he was like an extremely big factor. Yeah, Achilles is tough. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely in there. And that's just – it turns into one less mouth to feed. Um, Mike Evans has been playing strongly. Uh, My boy, Scotty Miller, uh, he definitely 
deserves a spot in the lineup. Um, I, I think that just the way that the Tampa Bay offense has clicked last week and kind of over the last few weeks, I think they're starting to get some things going. Um, I don't think Rob Gronkowski is much of a factor um, in the passing game. Who knows? He might take a bigger step up this week, but um, he's not sucking up a whole lot of targets. And I, I see Miller has uh, double digit points in three of his four games. Um, so that just puts him closer to must play status. I, I'm going to play him as a flex player this um, coming up week. A lot of it has to do with people not being able to play because of COVID designations or for the myriad soft in tissue injuries that we've been seeing. Um, but it helps that Scotty Miller, 12th in DYAR and 9th in DVOA. Um, your boy balling. He's balling. The other, on the other side um, is another Miller that I'm just probably sitting, and that's uh, Anthony Miller. Uh, at least for the foreseeable future, we're not sure how uh, things might change slightly with Nick Foles being there, but I think Nick Foles is kind of uh, Allen Robinson rightfully should be his favorite target. And so Allen Robinson hasn't missed a beat, but uh, looking at Miller's snap share, he just got to 70% last week. Uh, the previous weeks, he was 58%, 39%, and 43%. So I just, I don't think he can be trusted all that much. Um, I, I might be worried about him and David Montgomery just because the Bucks defense uh, is allowed the 12th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. They're fourth in pass defense DVOA and second run defense DVOA. So they're kind of doing some things. Yeah, a little worried about what Chicago is going to do just because I think that Nick Foles is an upgrade. But I think that the Buccaneers are kind of rounding into form. I think one of the interesting things that we've seen out of the Buccaneers is that after a really bad first week from Mike Evans, uh, there is definitely no bad blood between Brady and Evans, at least on the football field. Evans is kind of the go-to man with Godwin being out. Uh, Watson and Miller have both stepped up in different games for the Buccaneers and uh, Brady's been using them pretty well. They're struggling, but I think they're putting it together and I think they'll have enough to uh, defeat the bears. And despite the high scoring affair we saw with the chargers last week, I think this is going to be a relatively low scoring game, but like you mentioned, this is kind of uh, like by week plus of needing to maybe play it safe with some of these guys in this early Thursday night matchup. Awesome. Let's move on then to the first games of Saturday, Los Angeles Rams heading to Washington uh, to take on the Washington football team. And the big news here, you guys, is I, I, I know I'm telling Clark this for the first time because Clark deleted Twitter off of his phone and we are his source of football information. Dwayne Haskins is got in the bench uh, and the Washington football team will be starting Ron Rivera's own Kyle Allen, who was Oh, so great for the Panthers last year. Uh, I had a really hard time ranking the wide receivers for this game as both Washington and the Rams are top five and fewest points allowed to uh, wide receivers. Cooper Cup, I'm just trusting, uh, can can kind of get what he needs to get because of his uh, PPR and, and just or just the amount of receptions he sees. Robert Woods, I'm a little worried about, uh, given that he's a little more touchdown reliant to get you points. And Washington has been very good at limiting touchdowns. I am, I am very, and I would love for one of you guys to, to, to talk, talk me through this. I am very uh, nervous about Scary Terry this week. Obviously, he's going to get the Jalen Ramsey treatment. And I just don't know if that means, like, I don't know if Kyle Allen is going to 
pepper uh, Scary Terry with targets if, if because he's the best receiver, or if Kyle Allen is going to basically just like, not nah, we're just going to leave you know Terry McLaurin alone, let him let Ramsey cover him, and I'm going to instead utilize Antonio Gibson and Logan Thomas, two positions who Antonio uh, who Kyle Allen like really focused on when he was with the Panthers last year, Greg Olson had almost 600 yards. Uh, and obviously Christian McCaffrey won a thousand for a thousand. What are you guys, uh, what's your confidence in scary Terry this week? Honestly, it's a little bit rattled because I don't see Kyle Allen as much of an upgrade at all, actually over Dwayne Haskins. I think Dwayne Haskins was, has been playing fine. Maybe not from like a real football standpoint, but from a fantasy standpoint, he's made Terry McLaurin a must start. Um, for the past couple of weeks now. And I, uh, I don't, I didn't see a whole lot of Kyle Allen uh, movement in some of the leagues I'm in, not even uh, the dynasty leagues, but of course that's just a, a few leagues, you know, you can't take that verbatim, but I went and made the move for Alex Smith because I think we are closer to seeing Alex Smith on the field than we would see a, a revert back to Dwayne Haskins because Haskins got bumped, not just to the bench, but to the third string. Yeah. So that's what I'm picking up there. I know you were talking about Terry McLaurin, but I'm no, I like people the, keep an eye on Alex Smith. <laughs> the fact that the fact that Alex Smith even is like flirting with, with playing time is incredible. I don't know how you can get away from McLaurin. Ramsey is good, but last year we saw Kyle Allen funnel targets to his stars. And I think that a lot of good backup quarterbacks understand uh, they're going to have to chuck it up to someone and just make the read before they even snap the ball and stick with it. Then throwing to someone like Terry McLaurin is probably a pretty good idea. I don't know how you can get away from him. If you're so stacked that you're choosing between like DJ Chark or Terry McLaurin, then I would certainly go with McLaurin. But if you're thinking like Justin Jefferson or Terry McLaurin, I don't know how you could get away from Terry McLaurin. Yeah, for the record, I have Terry McLaurin actually below all of those guys <laughs> uh, in my wide receiver ranking. I have him as wide receiver 20. Justin Jefferson, I have as wide receiver 19 for this week. Um, I just, I'm a little, I'm noivous. I'm noivous. And I am, a, I'm part, I am the captain of this t- Terry McLaurin stand club. And yet somehow. I wish my trade partners weird. thought so highly of Justin Jefferson. Gosh. They're playing the Seahawks. Down. I mean, we're going to get to that game, but good Lord. I hope Kirk Cousins lights them up. All right, well, let's move on to the Buffalo Bills heading to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Obviously, who knows if this game is going to happen, uh, which is a bummer because we were going to, this is likely was going to be the first time we'd see A.J. Brown uh, this season and going up against a Bills defense that while, like Nick says, he loves to say, uh, the Bills defense is designed to shut down, you know, perimeter receivers. Well, A.J. Brown works all over the field and my guess would be a primary slot guy uh, against this Bills defense, and the Bills have struggled against slot receivers, so A.J. Brown could have a really nice welcome to the 2020 NFL season, but uh, all signs are really pointing to this game not happening. Uh, I don't know if there's a way we want to talk about how to survive players you're going to have to bench, but yeah. uh, hopefully hopefully we'll get to some of those. I wanted to talk about this last week. didn't really have a good chance to do it, so I usually like to run really slim rosters, meaning I'm going to have one quarterback and one tight end and one defense. And I will take my chances on bye weeks replacing those folks. It gives you a lot of flexibility to pick up those backup running backs. And every once in a while, you get lucky and you already have someone. uh, When the big guy goes down, that gives you a lot of leverage going throughout the year. Um, 
now this is uh, something happened once, it's an anomaly. Something happens twice, it's a trend. This is definitely something that we need to prepare for. So in a lot of my leagues, I've gone and picked up a backup quarterback, a backup kicker, as much as I hate to say it, and a backup defender, especially in FFPC leagues. Uh, the FFPC changed the way that they did waivers. They're doing one waiver run Sunday morning. So all of you that play in those leagues, heads up. That's a new thing. Uh, but what this does for me is instead of running those lean rosters, I've really got to start thinking about having viable backups instead of just my starters and then a bunch of shots. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully um, in this situation, you have fantasy leagues starting to either manually revert to this or like the sleeper app, for example, as uh, designated COVID as like a, um, a a thing that they get tagged with, even if they're not really sick with it, but you can put them on IR. Um, so you might need to uh, maybe barter with your league commissioner to add uh, an extra IR spot or two, just you know, so you can hang on to some of the guys, you know, are going to be able to bounce back. Nobody wants to cut Derrick Henry um, for a week or two and, you know, get into a, a fight to get him back. Um, on the fantasy side, Corey Davis is out um, for sure. That's and good. I'm That's not, I'm not really, I don't have a strong feel for the Titans because I haven't seen them. Uh, in a in a couple of weeks now, and I have a very short term memory for football. Um, <laughs> and the, the Titans play to their level of competition, so they should play well against the Bills. That's fair. Um, and yeah, I, I think that uh, I, I really want to look and see how the Bills backfield is going to pan its way out. Devin Singletary has been a solid fantasy start the past couple of weeks without Zach Moss. In the fold, um, Zach Moss was out, and I'm not really sure why he was out last week. I can't recall seeing anything on that, but if he's back, it, it could muddle things up, or maybe Zach Moss isn't going to be a factor for a while. Yeah, and the Bills, they once had a, a tremendously stout defense. They're giving up the most yards per carry to running backs, uh, so Devin Singletary could be in for a good game. And really, really good to keep in mind with that. The Bills defense has looked stout, but some their offense is getting so far ahead of people that opposing offenses have to open it up. So I think that they are still good as a front seven and that their secondary is still strong. But other teams are doing well against them fantasy-wise because, wow, because Josh score, Allen is so good. to keep up with them, yeah. Right. Uh, so, so something to keep in mind, I, you know – Man, talk about a secondary I'm afraid of. That's the Bills. I, I think you're you're all over Jonu Smith already because you're excited for this. And so that's not really actionable advice, but uh, probably a down game from the receivers. Unless A.J. Brown gets in there and then, whew, we just totally Fingers won. crossed. I would love to see me some A.J. Brown. Uh, all right, well, let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Oh, oh, oh. Do I bench Miles Sanders this week? That is my question because Miles Sanders has done a whole lot of nothing so far. I mean, along with this entire Eagles offense, he's seen reliable work, but just hasn't been able to produce. And they're going up against the Steelers defense that has been tremendous against running backs off, uh, allowing the third fewest points uh, per game to the position right now in terms of fantasy clerk. Are you with me or are you going to help me grab me, pull me back from this ledge? 
So, I mean, instead of who, I'll ask, and you can think about it or look it up. Uh, Miles Sanders is really good, and I just keep expecting this Eagles team to be completely different from what I see from them each Sunday, and I chose those words carefully. So I, I expect the Eagles to turn it around because they have such good playmakers. I believe in Carson Wentz. Miles Sanders is good, but they're having such a hard time with their offensive line, and they don't seem to be making adjustments to put players in a good position to succeed it would be really hard for me to get away from Miles Sanders. I mean, I'm starting him over lots of kind of auxiliary guys. Like I do him over Duke Johnson, even though I think, mm-hmm. or uh, David Johnson, even though I think David Johnson's going to have a big game. I mean, probably over Gibson even, mm-hmm. but okay. that's tough. Yeah. But I held on to T.O. Hilton until last <laughs> week too. So I have a tendency <laughs> to hold longer than I should. Yeah, I think that um, Miles Sanders might still have some of the benefit of the doubt. Uh, we talked about this the other day on the podcast that the Eagles offensive line just kind of they've done a whole lot of reshuffling and it just hasn't gelled or coalesced together and Carson Wentz is not playing very well I I saw a stat today that because Dwayne Haskins got benched that uh, he has like the lowest completion percentage on like either catchable balls or he's thrown the most uncatchable balls something like that but it was below Dwayne Haskins so we'll We'll leave it at that. Um, but he also, at the same time, if you got somebody who's, you know, maybe getting some upgraded looks like uh, Joshua Kelly uh, for the Chargers, um, Antonio Gibson, uh, we just touched on him. He's uh, getting more and more involved in the offense. You can see that on a week-to-week basis. So if you're worried about Miles Sanders, especially against a good Pittsburgh defense that has a week of rest, then perhaps you make, Miles Sanders earn his spot back. Uh, mm. Maybe give him like a ceremonial uh, spot in the flex, or just pull him out of the lineup altogether. <laughs> like, just go full on magic yeah. juju with it. Perfect. Yep. And then tweet it at him so that he can then retort that he doesn't care about your fantasy team. Players, I've heard NFL players love to hear that you are either benching them because they're not playing well, or that you need a certain amount of points from them for your fantasy league. That's fantasy players or NFL players love to hear that. So bombard. Absolutely. They enjoy it. Uh, on the flip side, Deontay Johnson is back this week and you should immediately insert him in your lineups because he is the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh. So don't forget about Deontay Johnson who is out with concussions, but now he is back and he is about to torch this Eagle secondary. Let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals heading to New Jersey to take on the New York Jets. More breaking news here, you guys. Joe Flacco time. Sam Darnold is out. He is ruled out this game with uh, some busted shoulder thing. So Joe Flacco is in. And Jordan, I have to uh, I have to take this moment to give you some beautiful social media shout out. Because when Joe Flacco came into the game Thursday night uh, after his injury, you had an exceptional, exceptional response to uh, Joe Flacco taking the field. You know what? It just, it gave me big like guess what i'm back energy and (laughs) joe flacco is in our lives again for at least another week yeah i'm not sure how i feel about that someone asked me on twitter uh where jameson crowder was in my wide receiver rankings because i go i go to wide receiver 48 and i said jameson crowder is not in there for a reason he is not a top top 50 wide receiver for me this week the the jets offense is trash and, and don't don't even think of playing anyone on it 
I just still am kind of basking in the wonderfulness that the Texans GM decided to act before the Jets GM. Absurd. Uh, and then just fearing with everything that I hold dear football wise <laughs> that Adam Gase is going to be wearing Texans red and blue next year doing this to them. Uh, I, I don't know. Joe Flacco is Sam Darnold has his problems, but he he's a pretty good quarterback. And what we saw to Joe Flacco a couple of years ago in Denver was not promising. So I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, at best, if you wanted to take a shot at whoever is playing running back for them, because I think Frank Gore is down and I think that Love Bell. Who is, is playing running back for them? <laughs> still in the, in the hole serving his, you know, coaching irritated suspension. I don't know. So, so maybe the running back from the Jets, but otherwise, like, I don't want any part of this game. No, no. But you, know, but that's it. you know who does want a part of this game? That's right. It is the Oracle's start of the week. My pick for this week is Kenyon Drake. I sense that he is keeping himself mentally as well as physically fit, which is very important in times like this. So he will be able to bring 100% to his game. That was the Oracle's start of the week. Uh, the Jets not playing the Broncos again this week. Now that I've had time. <laughs> Funny how that works. <laughs> so yes. So the Oracle thinks Kenyon Drake will be a RB1 this week. Top 12 running back facing off against the New York Jets. Let's move on. Las Vegas Raiders heading to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Anyone to specifically talk about, or are we just going to fire this game up to chalk and continue down our merry way? I mean, I think you start your studs. I think Nicole Hardman's been coming on a little bit and looking good. Uh, but no, I mean, I just, mea culpa, I, I was really wrong about Darren Waller. And it just seems so obvious I was too. that it was so obvious. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking back in one of my one of my leagues, um, dynasty league. I'm in. I was looking back at the uh, at my transaction history, and I traded Darren Waller for someone who I thought was a great pick at the time. And now I'm like, son of a bitch, that would have been nice to have had Dare old Dare Wall still on my team. But yeah, I mean, no surprises here. You can take a shot on Nelson Aguilar, who has risen from the dead. Good for him. Good for good for you, Nelson. Way to learn how to catch a catch a football these days and like tough catches he's making he's looking good it's not just box score stuff like maybe he looks very good maybe it's a toxic situation in philadelphia that brings players down and uh not players talents who knows Who's i think say? we've all seen it's always sunny in philadelphia and can just assume that's how everyone in philadelphia is <laughs> i feel like that's a fair assumption people watch the departed and think that's how all bostonians are so i feel like tomato tomato tapato 
let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Houston to take on the Texans. And Clark, you are excited because this is the first game we get to see Deshaun Watson no longer under the uh, the thumb of Bill, the chin, I should say, the chin dimple of Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I think fantasy-wise, this is going to be a good game. Neither one of these defenses could uh, could stop anything. And uh, wondering, and I'll try to think of an analogy, but nope, didn't. So <laughs> I'm going to be curious to see if uh, David Johnson retains the starter at Maine running back job now that we've had a bit of a coaching shakeup to see if Duke can get in there and maybe assert himself as the faster, younger back. Then I'm also curious to see what's going to happen to Kenny Stills and Brandon Cooks, because I think Will Fuller has asserted that he is the number one, and he's going to have to grow into that. But I think he's kind of unquestionably the number one. They're going to need to throw the ball to someone else, and I'll just be curious to see who Watson leans on as a secondary target. Yeah, I I really think that Houston will – Kind of, kind of let Deshaun Watson do his thing after having a week of uh, turnover and you know on the sideline and in the front office. I, I don't think they'll have a whole lot of time to install anything new, so they're just gonna probably turn Deshaun Watson loose. Like, hey, just go out there and do what you can to win this football game. And um, I would be wary if you guys haven't already let Brandon cooks go or figure out a way to get him off your team, but he's kind of formed some sort of disappearing act. And it's a little unfortunate. I feel like um, Will Fuller is the way to go. Uh, Jordan Aikens has actually been a pretty efficient guy. I'm not really sure what his uh, fantasy totals look like, but um, maybe see a little bit more of that. Uh, Who would you start? Who would you rather start in this game? DJ Chark or Will Fuller? DJ Chark. Yeah. DJ Chark. That was, that was my feelings as well. That hurts, but that hurts, it hurts Clark to say it. It it does. But you know, he's better. He's that. He's better. It's that it's when you're able to take your allegiances and put them to the side for, for true, honest fantasy content. That's why the people keep coming back. To be fair, Will Fuller, if he has his best game, it's outscoring DJ Chark by a lot. It's going to be like 40 points. But I, I just think the the chances that DJ Chark has a better game are, are higher. Yeah. Both these secondaries are super soft. All right. Before we go any further, let us take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's move on to the Cincinnati Bengals heading to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Clark and I were talking uh, before the show. 
it's a game that I really like low-key saucy think the Bengals could upset the Ravens but then the realist in me is like Pete stop being an idiot this is not the game that that's going to happen in um I am officially putting Marquise Brown on the Dunzo list Marquise Brown show us something this week or else you are going to ride the bench until you show me something that being said I I'm going to like it's not He's on the Dunzo list, not because I don't have faith in him this week. It's because he hasn't shown me anything. I have faith in him this week. He is a still a huge role in the Ravens offense. And in fact, uh, someone, I forget who it was on Twitter. Eh, Jordan, actually, you quote tweeted it. And so you should know who it is. Sent out a video of basically Lamar Jackson overthrowing uh, Marquise Brown multiple times. Like Marquise Brown accounts for most of the Ravens' air yardage. He's getting a ton of targets downfield. They just haven't been on point, and he's facing a Bengals defense that's allowed the fifth most twenty-plus pass plays this season. The recipe is there for the connection to finally click, and we see the Marquise Brown speedster downfield threat that we all wanted him to be this year, and we haven't gotten yet. So. You are on the Dunzo list, but I think that this is going to be a week that he, I think it will be a very quick period that he'll be on the Dunzo list and he'll quickly hop off after a big performance uh, uh, this week. Yeah, that name uh, you were looking for is PFS Ian Harditz. Um, he posted you, a, a video. It's just a, a, a quick compilation of some passes that are just like they're almost there. They're, they're missing a little bit and who knows that could be a symptom of not getting a, as much work in the off season as an offense as they want, or maybe it's just teams aren't really who they are in the first month of the season anyhow. And that could all change for the better for Baltimore. Um, I, I think that kind of stretches across the whole passing game for the Ravens though. They need more out of their other guys. They need more out of miles Boykin out of, uh, well, as much as they can get out of Willie Sneed, I'm not sure how much that is anymore. But and Mark Andrews too. Mark Andrews hasn't really done a whole lot, and Lamar's missed him on a couple of throws as well. That like just watching their their red zone throws, he's had a couple of touchdown opportunities that he just hasn't been able to corral in because the pass has just been a tiny bit off the mark. So hopefully they correct that against a Bengals team that will let you score on them. Yeah, it might be a Gus Edwards week as much as I like to pick the upsets in our weekly uh, <laughs> site rankings. I think the Gus Edwards could get a lot of run here. I don't see the Bengals putting up. Well, the Bengals have been scoring. I, I just see them getting absolutely trounced in this game and the Ravens just running all day. Yeah, I would definitely play Marquise Brown this week, though. Oh, okay, Marquise Brown or Miles Sanders. Marquise That's Brown. my flex. Marquise Brown. Okay. All right. Well, go Miles Sanders. Oh, Jordan. Perfect. We've covered every angle. <laughs> God damn it. This podcast is so unhelpful to me. This is the only reason I have this show is for you guys to set my lineup each week. So I have someone to blame other than myself. All right. Let's move on to the Carolina Panthers heading to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. And holy goodness, Ooh. is this a matchup for fantasy managers everywhere? Good lordy. I mean, Curtis Samuel, Russell Gage. Bobby Hill. I mean, you're, you're getting everybody into this game. Yeah. What's uh, what's the Julio Jones status? Uh, I think he's out. He, he seems- I mean, it looked like he got rushed back and he left the game early after trying to go last week. So I think that it's probably best if he sits perhaps. I agree. Um, God, you got to hope for a, a 
Calvin Ridley bounce back because he uncharacteristically got blanked. Like that goose egg was not great. Like Jair Alexander is a good cornerback and he's probably one of the better ones in the league. But Calvin Ridley is good enough to at least grab a couple of catches, like even if he doesn't find the end zone. So that's if there's any indication there, he's bouncing all the way back. Like same same thing with gonna grab three touchdowns. <laughs> same thing with Matt Ryan. If you are a Matt Ryan manager, don't don't panic. Like keep starting him. Panthers defense is trash. Uh, also, this is this is going to be a big running back game. Mike Davis and Todd Gurley, I think, are going to eat. But Clark, you'll be appreciative of this. Last week was my Will Fuller wide receiver one week. This week is my Robbie Anderson wide receiver one week. He's my wide receiver at 11 this week. And I just think that he is going to absolutely feast because he is the number one receiver in, in Carolina's offense. So we're going to treat him as such. And uh, he's going to feast against a Falcons defense that uh, can't stop the pass. We might actually see like a DJ Moore double digit game. going Fingers on crossed. I would love me some DJ Moore bounce back secondary guys were already they were already thin in atlanta but they they were dropping like flies on monday night so wasn't great let's continue our way miami dolphins heading to san francisco to take on the 49ers debo samuel set the set his feet on the field last week caught three balls for uh, stats and information do your shit Debo Samuel for some yardage looked good. Looked healthy. Three balls, 35 yards, one rush for 10 yards. That's some good numbers going up against a Miami Dolphins team. That's allowing the most passing yards per target this season. So if you, if you've been waiting all season to fire up Debo Samuel, well, fire him up with confidence. Yeah. Debo looks like he's going to just kind of keep on continuing to work into the offense. And that just means he's going to keep getting better and better despite who is at quarterback for the Niners, because I, I, Mike Shan or Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's offense is one of those that schemes guys open and they get a lot of like crossers and rub routes that have defenders just running into each other all the time. So guys are going to be open and, all you need is moderately competent quarterback play in order to hit those. Um, another guy from the San Francisco 49ers that I'm going to be playing is George Kittle. I don't know if you heard of him. No. <laughs> I'm just Hot kidding. Hot flame um, take from Jordan. No, it's actually uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he's been putting up double-digit points. Last week, it was pretty much buoyed by one play and you might assume that Debo Samuel's return can affect Brandon Ayuk's scoring output, but I think that what the Niners proved with Debo Samuel being out is that they don't have any other competent wide receivers outside of Kittle and Debo Samuel. So um, I think Brandon Ayuk, as he he's a young rookie, and as he continues to keep breaking big plays and being a guy who can, he kind of looks like he's a guy that can change the course of a game with one play. So they're going to try to put the ball in his hands at some point and scheme him open for a big play. Um, so I think if you're looking for somebody, again, it's one of those situations where if you have a canceled game or an injury that you need to fill, I, he's a he's a great dart throw if, you, if you're calling it a dart throw. Let's continue. New York Giants heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys in a battle, Clark, for NFC East supremacy. 
as they are all defeated. <laughs> yeah, you might get something out of the Giants' backfield this week. We might have to put up with uh, Daniel Jones is really as good as we all thought he was, and look at how great he looked out there against the Cowboys. And you know, unfortunately, someone's going to have to win this game, and it's going to be <laughs> going to be tough for everybody. Who the Cowboys play? Giants. Giants. Oh yeah, you just said Daniel Jones. Um, see, short-term memory when it comes to football. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's somebody's gonna have to win this game. The the Giants have they've looked feisty at times. So I think, like, given that it would be a division game against the Cowboys, who are just utterly hated rivals uh, for them, that I think that they. It's going to be one of it might be one of those games where somebody comes out and it's like, oh, the, the Giants are, are leading at one point because the Cowboys defense can't stop anybody. Like they, they really can't literally they might be worse than the Panthers, the Jags, the Bengals defense. Like it's not good. And the, the, I mean, the, the Giants don't have a whole lot of fantasy options. Uh, Darius Slayton, uh, Daniel Jones might be worth a stream. Golden Tate is back in action if he's not suspended. Um, so, so on that side of the ball, it looks great uh, as far as matchup goes. On the other side of the ball, Dalton Schultz, baby. Dalton Schultz. Yeah, against tight ends, the Giants. Well, Giants are actually pretty good, but Dalton Schultz has been balling. So, I would, I would trust, I would trust a Cowboys offense that's been rolling to continue to roll over a Giants defense that's been meh to uh, suddenly put the clamps down on, on the Cowboys. Also, I mean, they might as well each just trot out 11 tackling dummies and see which team can score the most. (laughs) Uh, Also officially Michael Gallup is the Cowboys third wide receiver. We are officially recognizing that he is no longer the Cowboys number two wide receiver. Bounce back game for Gallup this week. Let's, Ooh. let's get right with the Giants. All right, Clark. I approve your optimism. I like it. All right, let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts taking their mighty tough defense to Cleveland to take on the Browns who are coming off of a very successful win against the Cowboys. But a lot of it, as you said, Jordan, coming because the Cowboys can't stop a nosebleed. Uh, meanwhile, the Colts, the Colts have been uh, the Colts defense is top five in fantasy points to uh, to wide receivers and is number two to fantasy points to uh, running backs. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this game because I think these are two, like, really weird teams. I, I believe the Colts are three and one, right? Yes. Or, are they? Yeah, so both are – well, anyway, I know the Browns are three and one, but both are teams that you're not entirely certain yeah, they deserve three. their record. Um like three and one, you, you kind of, if you watch these teams play, you're kind of like, are they actually three and one? You don't know based on the teams that they played, if they're actually playing good teams uh, against good defenses, uh, especially looking at the way Philip Rivers has played and the way T.Y. Hilton has taken on his persona of ghosts to a whole new level. Um, I wanted to nice. <laughs> I wanted to make a point though going forward that you might just want to find a way to start tight ends against the Cleveland Browns defense. Um, this of course does include Mo Alley clock, Mo Alley Cox, 
the Mack truck. Um, because Browns tight ends, I, I looked this up. I wanted to see our tight ends against the Browns. I wanted to look up and see how they were doing. Um, Mark Andrews, week one, five touches, 52 yards, two touchdowns, 22 point in fantasy points. Week two, Decent. Drew Sample, uh, CJ Uzoma, they both got some tick there. Uh, Sample had seven catches, 45 yards, so 11 fantasy points. Uzoma had four catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown, so 14 fantasy points there. If you combine those two together, 25 fantasy points for a single tight end. Um, Logan Thomas, this was the only blip, but of course, it's the Washington football team. Four catches, 31 yards, and six fantasy points. Uh, but then last week, Dalton Schultz had four catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, so 72 or 17.2 <laughs> fantasy points. Um, I, you just kind of have to look at the roster in this case. The Browns have a pretty solid front, but they don't really have a lot of guys at the second and third levels. I can cover um, athletic tight ends. Uh, Mo Alley Cox, he might be one of the biggest people in football. Um, and he's having a better season than all those tight ends that I just listed. Uh, he's the, he's second in tight ends for DPOA. So he's being very efficient and he's making that connection with Philip Rivers, kind of like another former tight end who was once a basketball player named Antonio Gates. Um, so I would, I would start Moali Cox comfortably as your tight end, but if you are, if you were fortunate enough to pick Moale Cox off the waivers earlier this season, and you're already running like a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle, I would still start Moale Cox in the flex position, run that two tight end set out there and, and see what happens. That's what you should be doing at this point. Yeah. I like that. And I think that we'll again, see a lot of passes to the running backs exacerbated by the Browns front four that you mentioned, they are getting to the quarterback effectively and uh, the Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers, Solution to that is always just to throw to the running back, even though the Colts offensive line is pretty good. So big question marks about what's going to happen with Odell. I think last week was his high water mark. That's not being, I don't think extremely bold, but it'll be interesting to see if they have solved whatever the Odell Beckham problem was, or if it was just the Cowboys being uh, get right for offenses. Yeah. The Colts uh, secondary allowing the second fewest yards to wide receivers, but five touchdowns, which is, well, uh, pretty high. So there is, there's potential for Odell to be low yardage and you're hoping for that touchdown for him for in order to play. Uh, do you guys have any feelings in terms of D Ernest Johnson, who is a hot waiver wire target going up against the Colts uh, defense that is very stout against the run and hasn't given up much. Unless we hear that Kareem hunt is limited in practice limited on Friday. I think I'm avoiding it. Uh, unless I am just absolutely desperate because the Browns running game has been a bright spot for them. You wonder if that's Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt or if it's just their team. Uh, I am not willing to say that after watching uh, the Cowboys putrid performance last week. Yeah, the, the Browns offensive line has been stellar. They've just been rolling people over and keeping Baker clean as much as possible. And I'm just kind of skeptical if if Kareem Hunt is good to go, whether or not this offense is just like, you know what, we're going to turn around and hand the ball off to Kareem Hunt 33 times uh, because he is our stud and they were only splitting Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt carries because you have two really good running backs and you should get the ball to your best players. 
Um, so Dearness Johnson, I wouldn't start him this week and assume that he's going to get the same sort of uh, fantasy points that Kareem Hunt has been getting behind Nick Chubb. I like that. I like that a lot. All right, we got three games left. Uh, Broncos heading to New England to take on the Patriots. Obviously, this is a game to monitor, given the fact that the Patriots uh, have had three players now test positive for COVID. So we will see whether or not this game gets played. But it seems like currently all systems go. Well done, NFL. Uh, One of those players, like I said, was Stefan Gilmore. So with Gilmore out, I now like Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy uh, had that ridiculous Moss catch uh, against the Jets, but then didn't really do much outside of that. I think the thing is, is I don't think that Jerry Judy is going to be a wide receiver two even this week, but I do think that if you are trusting him to be a flex or a wide receiver four option for you uh, or a wide receiver three, uh, that, that you can fire him up this year, this week. If Gilmore was healthy and this was the typical Patriots defense, I was going to say completely avoid him. Um, but I do like him this week as he as he was able to kind of get on the scoreboard and and make a big play. And that might uh, give more confidence for whatever the guy's name is. I just want to say Jeff Driscoll because that's my go to name for like a shitty ripping, backup right? quarterback. But it's yeah, it's 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 Ripian uh, tossing the rock. Yeah, I just anyone not named Melvin Gordon, I'm really looking to avoid. And if I got lucky and picked up James Robinson or something like that. And it's between Robinson and Gordon. I would rather, I would much rather take Robinson or even Gibson or even uh, Gaskins down in Miami. There's, I don't know. I think the Patriots defense is yet again, extremely legit. Yeah. They were great against uh, uh, what's his name. Clyde Edwards Hilaire last week. Oh, I thought you were, what's his naming Pat Mahomes. How's like Pete. <laughs> they were oh god he's he's the quarterback for the chiefs and his name escapes me every time because he's just average yes they were also great against pat mahomes joe montana (laughs) i I love that uh jets broncos game last week because brett ripon just got the whole um the analyst i i spoke to his dad treatment and he he had like i want to play in the nfl on his ceiling or some something ridiculous like that and then Almost immediately after that story, the wheels just came off and he just kind of <laughs> fell apart. And that was like post Jerry Judy tremendous catch. So uh, you'll have to know. see it. Broncos are in some trouble. <laughs> Broncos are in serious trouble. Uh, Patriots wise, fire up, fire up Damian Harris. Uh, Damian Harris is is the lead back in that backfield, but facing a tough defense. But I also like me Julian Edelman because Jared Sidham is just going to uh, pepper him with targets. Pew-pew! That's what peppering sounds like. Okay. Uh, two games. What is this? Sunday night we're talking about? Minnesota heading to Seattle. That's, that's going to be a good game. Vikings versus, versus uh, Seahawks. And this is a game, you guys, where fire the cannons. Am I, am I wrong in saying that? Nope, no, definitely not. Head. That's, that's what no means. <laughs> good for a bit. Uh, sound audio medium (laughs) (laughs) the uh the vikings have been like decimated by injuries on defense and pete carroll came out and said today that jamal adams is already out this week so they are losing their uh probably best secondary defender and best pass rusher um so if kirk cousins can can get some things right i think that uh justin jefferson and adam thielen are both 
ready to play. Um, and on the other side, Russ has been an MVP candidate. So you kind of just want a piece of that and you got to play um, DK Lockett. I'm not sure. What's Chris Carson's status? Is he? He's playing. Okay? I think he's, yeah, I think he's good to go and he's playing. I know that was whew, mild frustration with Chris Carson, like sneaking into the field last second and then scoring a lot of fantasy points last week. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Chris, we'll talk about this on Twitter. Chris Carson. We'll, we'll talk about this off the air on Twitter, Chris. I know you and I are besties, so we'll, we'll discuss. Yeah. I have Adam Thielen as my wide receiver one this week. Uh, Justin Jefferson is wide receiver 19 for me. I've heard some people being like uh, showing some tepidation with uh, firing up Tyler Lockett after his dud. Fire up Tyler Lockett. Like Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, they're going to feast. This game is going to be who scores 41st, and it's all going to come through the air. Uh, So fire up all pass catchers. Fire up everyone. Everyone in this game, fire them up. Not fire them. Fire them up. And now. The final game for week five. Is that the right, Ginger Woodman's music? It's here! The final game! Monday Night Football and Nick has come in to give us his expert advice about the Los Angeles Chargers heading to New Orleans to take on the Saints. I know this is the only game you wanted to talk about, Nick. So, we saved it just for you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, no, I'm sure it wasn't a scheduling thing that led <laughs> to this, but... The key to this game is going to be the health of the Saints secondary. So Lattimore and uh, George Jenkins were both injured last week. We need to pay attention to what's going on with them because if they are banged up, then Herbert is like all systems go as a like high-end quarterback one. He's he's going to scramble, which is – that's good always. But if he has a, a clear runway to just launch bombs to Keenan Allen, that's like if you need a quarterback, he's your guy. He's my Cam Newton replacement. Yeah, we were on this last week, and I'll say it again. Uh, it's time to fire up Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara. I think the Saints have figured out that running the ball with both of those guys is going to be a recipe for success while Michael Thomas is out. Both backs look good uh, with their misdirection. I think if they don't actually lean into the misdirection as much and just have it as window dressing to run Latavius Murray up the middle off guard constantly. It worked really well against a poor Detroit team. I think we'll see something similar against a very stout outside rush of the Chargers with uh, Murray and Kamara both on the field, both fire them up. I started one in, uh, as a running back and one as a flex last week, and I'll be doing that again. Hmm. I was going to come into this saying Latavius Murray maybe uh, hit the brakes on just because the, the Chargers are the only team to have not given up a rushing touchdown. Uh, this year so far and now that could that could break with Latavius Murray but they've also given up they have given up like league average in terms of yards so I think that there's still work for Latavius Murray on the ground to to get you a solid uh, fantasy work but I, I don't, we'll see about those touchdowns maybe he maybe he's the only back who can break the trend well I think one thing about this backfield combination that we had with Mark Ingram uh, even more so but with Latavius Murray is Latavius Murray is a a decent wide receiver. He keeps you honest. And when you leave him out there by yeah. himself, he will burn you because he is a big head of steam kind of guy like Derrick Henry. And then they'll stuff Kamara up the middle a couple of times a game too, just to keep everybody honest. That's one of the reasons I think this is so effective is both backs can do both things and defenses kind of forget that. I like it. Uh, Nick, since you missed the entire show because you were off doing God knows what. See, who is <laughs> Yeah, becoming a pirate. 
Who is one player this week that you think people are going to start that they shouldn't or vice versa, someone who maybe people are tentative starting that you want to give them the utmost faith and confidence in starting? I'm just going to shoot one one there. Okay, yeah, I was just going to shout this person's name at the end regardless. Uh, Falcons receiver Olamide Zacchaeus. Dude's playing the Julio role this week in Carolina. (laughs) Yep. Julio's out, hamstring, Russell Gage. I think he's still in the concussion protocol. You are getting the number two receiver on the Falcons for week five. And, I mean, look at his usage last week. He had like 10 targets. Yeah, fire him up. If you need a receiver, fire him up. Love it. I love it, Nick. Nick's one play this week is a guy's name that I just have no idea what it is. (laughs) Olamide Uh, Zacchaeus. What a fucking name. Holy shit. That's incredible. All right. Well, there you go. There is all the all the starts and sits that you need to know for week five. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcast: iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That is how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy basketball and our fantasy baseball podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. If you have any fantasy conundrums, tweet them at us. We'd love to help you out and respond, and we will take the blame if our advice fails. Uh, follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week. Best of luck to everyone in their week five matchups. Until then, peace.